in a figurative way, this is the first rising of the dead that Jesus performs. We know he, he had raised the widow, widow's son at Nain and, and Lazarus, of course. But uh, if you read into this uh, closer, you see this man is always found in the, among the tombs. He's, nothing is able to shackle him. Uh, so there, in that regard, he's certainly not dead. But uh, the chains are bust, busted asunder. The, the shackles are smashed. I don't know about you, but um, these are not just simple little chains. They, they didn't just put a necklace chain around his wrists and say, well, there you're bound. These were heavy iron chains, most likely. Uh, and he's able to rip them apart. That is profound strength. I, I will uh, back up and admit, uh, every time we have this passage, I can't help but think uh, I, we were privileged to be able to be in this site. There was a church that was built in the... Uh, 300s, 400s, 500s, now it just remains there. And so our, uh, as a class was um, studying the archaeology and, and everything like that, we were taken here. And as we got out of our cars, we, we went up to the where the, the church was. You can only see the outline. And meanwhile, somebody up the hillside was yelling and screaming at us, bloody murder. And we couldn't understand what he was saying. We thought, just a madman. Maybe it's Legion back. No, about three minutes later, we saw what he was yelling at, at us for. There was a herd of cattle coming right toward us. We couldn't see it. They were right over the hill. So we had to move out pretty quickly. But all we needed was those 10 minutes. So it really made this real to, to us, uh, this passage real to us, because uh, it is a place that is good for nothing except for grazing of animals. And here, in, in the day of Jesus, of course, they're grazing Swine. I didn't know a swine grazed until I read this, but uh, usually we, we keep our, our pigs in fences and everything like that. Even today, I, uh, we had asked the question, um, there are swine that are still raised in Israel, but because the Muslims and the Jews both consider swine unclean animals, they're not allowed to touch the land, so the Christians who raised them built platforms. So there is not one point in the, the pig's life that he ever touches the ground that's how, how we know as we're reading this passage, this is not Jewish territory. This is Gentile territory. And that maybe helps us to understand more fully why Jesus did what he did and why the people want him to go. After all, even today, if you lose 2,000 pigs, that's a, quite a big loss. I hear farmers who, uh, uh, swine herders who get uh, some kind of virus coming through and, and just a few weeks ago, somebody with pig flu coming through, they have to slaughter the whole barn and you can't eat the meat. It's wasted. It's all wasted. That's money out of their pockets. And one could make the case they cared more about their pigs than they, they did about this poor man who is possessed. But Jesus didn't. Jesus cared about this man more. Not just because he was Jewish and, and thought pigs were unclean. He cared for this man more deeply. And notice what's, uh, what happens, and, and uh, any exorcist should take this to heart. Jesus had been saying to him, unclean spirit, come out of the man. Come out of the man. Come out of the man. And have you come to, have you come to what have you come to do with us? Have you come to torture us? Don't destroy us. Don't send us away. Send us into the herd. At least we won't be tormenting this man anymore. Well, pigs really don't swim very well. 
I don't think the demons knew that. And even so, I imagine Jesus could make the sign of the cross over the water and bless it and baptize them, and they go straight down anyway. What does it say to us? Sometimes when Jesus enters our life, sometimes it causes disruption in a good way. For us who are faithful, uh, it's a very good thing. Sometimes those that are not so faithful or those looking at us might say, you, you, who do you think you are? Are You're allowing this? But we know in the end it's better because Jesus loves us more than he loves anything else. He loves us and he wants us to be healed. He wants us to be free just as this uh, demon-possessed man is. And when he heals us, then we too, not that we're in our wrong minds, but we get our right minds. We more fully complete and see, as I shared a few weeks ago with uh, the idea of metanoia, uh, that, that metanoia isn't just turning from a life of sin to a, to a life of grace, but turning and being able to see the world with different eyes, to see it with a worldview. This man gets his worldview back. He's there fully clothed, fully in his right mind. And he wants to follow Jesus as an act of thanksgiving. And Jesus says, no, go back to your family. First of all, he had been gone from his family so long, he literally could have been considered dead to them. Because there he is living among the tombs. Go back to your family and proclaim all that the Lord has done for you. That's what the Lord instructs us to do as well. This day, we're not certainly possessed by legion, but we have our little areas of, of sin, of areas of growth, areas that we need metanoia in, and the Lord speaks to us, maybe not driving out the demons, but speaks to us and loves us. And so let us respond to that love too.